We went out to the desert to end the West Coast swing here at Phoenix. This is the Brain Leaks Podcast. My name is Matt Close. Alongside me tonight, Brandon Monroe and Marky Chavez. Let's dive right into the Xfinity Series race where we had a dominating performance for Noah Gregson and we saw good runs out of the junior motorsports cars all day long. Yeah, not shocking to see the JRM boys up front most of the race. Uh, maybe a little surprising to see Gregson finally finish it off, but... I think we got to start. What a start to the year for Noah Gregson. I think that's, what, three, four? Yeah, four straight top three finishes for him to start out the year. Um, I know he ended the year pretty good last year, made it to the championship four, won a bunch of races in that home stretch, but to just come out of the gates like he has this year is pretty good, and I think he's already established himself as uh, one of the top drivers of the series this year. I think it's probably a little early to be out here talking about championship favorites, but right now I think Noah Gregson has to be one of them, if not the championship favorite. Speed every week, closes out and gets the finish every week. He's probably the guy right now that's the favorite to end the season with the most wins in the Xfinity Series if they continue to run with the speed that they've run already. Not only is, their te- is his own nine team doing great, JRM's obviously doing great. Four cars that had a lot of speed on Saturday. Sam Mayer got behind with three speeding penalties. Justin Allgaier had the issue on that last sequence pit stops that took away what would have likely been three top five or three JRM cars in the top five. But they've all had speed, and Noah Gregson's had the most of the best team in the Xfinity series right now. Yeah, a lot of eyes this past weekend were on Ty Gibbs and just seemed like he didn't have speed to be running out front all day. Those JGR cars did. Show speed enough, though, to be running up front at certain times. Uh, Trevor Bain notably having an issue with the steering wheel there on the start, but he kind of started on the point and then didn't seem like he was able to maintain it much throughout the day. Yeah, I, I gotta say, at least with Trevor Bain, like it was a bit of a surprise to see him come back just the way he did. Like he did a couple truck races near the end of 2020 for Nice. Didn't do anything last year and just kind of comes out of nowhere a week or two before the season starts announcing this ride with JGR. And I think he's already made the most of it. You know, he's pretty competitive at uh, Auto Club, obviously sat on the pole at Phoenix. Maybe he didn't have a race winning car during the race on Saturday, but uh, he did run top five for a decent portion of it. Um, Really like what I'm seeing out of him. And you got to think if he gets more sponsorship, maybe it won't be with Gibbs, but I know it's early. You have to possibly think about maybe we're going to see him in a full-time ride somewhere in the series next year. I I think it's certainly possible. Gibbs does have an opening if they were going to go back to a four-car team. He would definitely have to get some sponsorship. Unfortunately for him, he's certainly not the most sponsor-attractive person. He's unlikely to get back to Cup. But if there's a team that's willing to take a flyer on him, I think he could definitely put up some good results for them. I want to give a shout-out to Brandon Jones as well. Uh, Phoenix is one of his better racetracks, already already having uh, had a win here. But from start to finish, his performance on Saturday was among the best we've probably ever seen out of him. I think his average running position was well and within the top five, led uh, 30 laps, really strong run from him. And even if Ty Gibbs seemed a little bit off, JGR definitely seems to be that second team right behind JRM. They don't quite have their overall speed, but they are close. I will say, too, uh, I think we got to make note, Ty Gibbs did have a little bit of a run-in with Josh Berry there, um, made a little contact, didn't didn't loop it around, kind of like a half-spin, stopped in the track, avoided getting any damage, but it's something to just note that he did run into some issues today, which 
possibly could have been, you know, affected his running position and where he finished throughout the race. So speaking of JRM being at the top of their game right now, let's look at a driver that's on JRM but not performing along with the rest of his team. Sam Mayer ended up finishing 22nd. I think yeah. you could say Sam Mayer was uh, really fast, though, right? <laughs> I, he, that is true. Three speeding penalties, two <laughs> under caution, and another one under green. Was Had worked back his way back into the top ten uh, before, I believe, the second speeding penalty, and then got another one on that last sequence of stops. Uh, he's definitely had speed there, but I think it's was well, fair to expect him to be the more inconsistent one. We saw it out of Josh Berry when he, uh, at the start of the season last year, at the beginning of his Xfinity career, at least this time, uh, definitely some inconsistency there, but they got it together, they got the runs together, and now he's up there running in the top five basically every race. And I think we'll see the same thing out of Sam Mayer. He has speed. They run up near the front. He definitely is a step behind the other three cars, but again, he's not even 19 yet. Uh, just has to minimize the mistakes, and I think we'll see him uh, finish near the front more consistently down the stretch. Yeah, I, I like that we're at least seeing the speed from him this year. That's not something you saw every week last season when he was in that car. Um, I think the the big problem with him right now is just the comparison to Ty Gibbs. They used to go toe-to-toe in the Xfinity, or not in the Xfinity series, and like the, oh, the Arca East series, the Arca series. Um, they developed quite a rivalry back down there, too, as well. Um, you just see the success Ty Gibbs has had right out of the gate, and then I think a lot of people probably expect that out of Sam Mayer. So, with him not contending and winning races right now, um, even though he's clearly showing improvement, it probably leads to some people think like, ah, oh, he's really struggling. I think he's probably just a typical teenage kid just trying to get his footing in this series. Um, if he's still making these mistakes come to the end of the year, then maybe we have some like discussion points with him. But right now, I think it's just part of the growing pains. Um, as I already said, you see him getting faster and faster every week, especially when you compare it to last year. I'm not too worried about him. Um, he's He's been pretty solid so far, even if the finishes don't uh, really reflect that. So another team that we've been paying attention to all year and kind of in the talk around town is Colleg Racing not performing as uh, as well as they did last year. Coming home seven, eight, and ninth in this race, uh, notably AJ and then Hemrick and Castle. AJ Allendinger is sitting fourth in points, and that's just a few points behind Ty Gibbs, who sits in second. But that's almost, uh, And then you have Noah Gregson sitting at 203, almost a full race ahead of everybody else. Really just shows how good Gregson's been. But I think with Colleg, uh, you, you kind of got to start thinking about maybe with them expanding to multiple cup teams this year, if that is taking away from their Xfinity program. I think that's a legitimate concern. They're not ridiculously far off. Obviously, when you compare them to what they were doing you know, over the last couple of seasons, I, I could see why people would be worried, but... No need to hit the panic button yet. Uh, Phoenix is a track they haven't you know, shown the best results at. Um, I know Atlanta's next week, brand new racetrack, can't really draw any comparisons to how they've run there in the past, but I'm willing to give them a couple more weeks before I really start questioning where the team stacks up, although it's you, you can't ignore that it has been a slow start for them to start this year off. I think part of the problem in, right now is that all four JRM cars have more speed than them. And on a consistent basis at the bare minimum, uh, Ty Gibbs and then whoever is in the the I guess all star car, even though right so far this year it's only been Trevor Bain and Ryan Truex. They've been faster than Brandon Jones, a little bit more up and down, although obviously faster at Phoenix. 
And in an Xfinity field where you probably have 12 to 14 cars that are legitimately contending for a playoff spot, they'll still likely be safe. But that's behind six cars right there, well outside the, the championship picture. I'm not too concerned with it yet. Like I said, for a lot of these guys, they haven't really been able to go back to the shop and do anything with this information that they had, leaving Fontana, leaving Vegas, leaving Phoenix. So I think, and we won't really see anything next week in Atlanta, I think, that you can really base anything off of going forward. So I'd still give them a few more weeks. I think we could still see the same thing on the cup side with some of the teams that are maybe lagging, being able to take this data and do something with it. But right now they're definitely the third best team. Uh, and I mean, like I said, you saw it last week when even colleague was saying they'd be happy just to run top five. And uh, this week they really didn't have top five speed at all. AJ Allmendinger has been consistent for top tens. Uh, Hemrick and uh, Landon Castle both have two top five or two top tens. They just they they have speed. They just don't have race winning speed. They they're missing a little something. I think they'll find it at the bare minimum. I think AJ will find it. Uh, they just definitely had have had a slow start, but nothing I'm too concerned about yet. But just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, there could be something too where I'm looking at like Kahlo getting this cup program up and running this year and then there's extra complications this year with cup programs because of the next gen car and teams are still fighting to get all their things in place to support this new car. Uh, so it could be something along the lines of just stretching themselves maybe a little bit thin this year, uh, but still figuring things out. So I know when we were talking earlier uh, last week about fantasy teams, you guys were both high on having Ryan Ellis on your team. Ended up coming home 16th. How did that play out for you guys in your fantasy lineups? I mean, it worked out good for me if I had the other pieces fall into place. Uh, we, were, we were looking really good. I know I was, I was showing you guys what was going on with my teams during the race. And uh, a couple of those tournaments, we were running really hot. Now, I was up as high as second in one of the big ones on Saturday uh, for the Xfinity Series. Pretty much all of Stage 2 uh, kind of fell apart with the issues that Justin Allgaier had there in the final run and uh, Kaz having a tire issue on that last pit stop. But Ryan Ellis, um, not a really good run for him. Really, really impressed by that. Um, it was a relatively clean race compared to the last couple weeks in the Xfinity series. So he really got there on his own merit, I felt like. And that really just, you know, speaks to what I was saying last week is he seems like a guy he could get the job done, keeps the car clean. Um, really like what I've seen out of him these first couple races. I really hope maybe some sponsor latches on him and it could propel him to bigger opportunities moving forward because he has been pretty impressive in that, uh, that uh, Alpha Prime racing car so far to start the year. Uh, I certainly hope he continues to struggle in qualifying while still making the race. Uh, yes, same that's, here. <laughs> that certainly helps the fantasy teams. Uh, it was definitely an interesting week, particularly in Xfinity. A lot of teams, I believe Anthony Alfredo was the second most picked driver on DraftKings, started dead last, and with that kind of car, you know, you don't have to go up many spots uh, before you, you rack up a lot of points. Unfortunately for a lot of people, including myself, he didn't even start the race. He, uh, was about 50-some laps before he actually got back out on the track. Only picked up one spot from starting in, in 38th uh, to finish 37th. So certainly that play didn't work out for a lot of people. Killed a lot of fantasy teams off the bat. Mine did fine. I, I made money. Uh, definitely was heavy on uh, 
like uh, Odd Ryan Ellis, as you mentioned. Uh, Allgaier's issues definitely cost a little bit. I hope Allgaier also continues. He's expensive. He's always going to be expensive. But as he continues to struggle in qualifying, starting 24th this past weekend, uh, certainly helps eat some of that cost and make it up because he, he effectively, a guy like Allgaier starts 24th. He's almost a must play. And uh, was the run, running up there. Probably did, definitely didn't have the best car, but had a top three car before he had his issues. It actually ran back up. Uh, despite having to come down an extra pit stop, ran back up into seventh before on the last uh, last lap pitting. I, I believe they thought they maybe had a lo- uh, loose wheel and decided to give up a few spots in order to uh, just to secure those lug nuts and save the save the penalty. So I stuck. I stayed away from fantasy sports uh, this week and make any fantasy teams or lineups, but. Overall, uh, I did some of the group betting and it kind of came back to bite me. I think the only one I hit right was Trevor Bain. Uh, so lost a good chunk there before Sunday even happened. Um, but now looking back at it, uh, just a few unfortunate events happening there towards the end. I didn't expect. I, I know you guys were saying that. J, uh, JRM was going to be dominant, but kind of the wrong driver. I put a lot into it. Allgaier saying he was going to win. I mean, I don't I think this was going to happen sometimes. This is one of, if not Allgaier's best track. And he had a good car, but just didn't have necessarily the race winning car and then got further behind due to his issue on that final round of pit stops. So with that being said, though, I know Brandon had messaged throughout the uh, race on Saturday talking about maybe uh, different ways on how he was going to utilize the numbers that we were getting out of Bernie. But ultimately, in the Xfinity race, we looked at a 79% accuracy there across the entire field. And that is including the Riley Herps, who was supposed to finish seventh and came home dead last after being backed up into the fence. I mean, uh, decent week for Bernie. Um, I know probably want to see him hit that 80 just because, you know, getting up to that number would be really nice. But all in all, pretty solid. If Herbst doesn't have his issues, we're probably there. So pretty solid week from him. Um, I used him a little bit with the Xfinity Series lineups. But again, sometimes you have to look at some of the drivers that are in the race that might not, you know, be racing as frequently, might not have the statistical numbers to back it up when he's uh, Bernie's doing out his numbers before the week. Somebody like you know, using Ryan Ellis, for example, probably not going to factor into Bernie that much, but as we all pretty much tried on him, uh, it's definitely the way to go. So, but all, I think a pretty solid week for Bernie nonetheless. Yeah, he also suffered from Alfredo's issues, Alfredo being predicted to be able to bring it home in 11th, and even a top 15 would have, I think, been not shocking, and instead... Uh, never or doesn't start the race for the laps, brings it home. Uh, 37th. One, yeah. one other team I do want to mention that struggled a bit this weekend. I, I don't, especially with uh, Sheldon Creed, but RCR definitely, I know they had a little bit of issues, but they, they definitely seemed like they were a step back, but from what I think we saw the first couple weeks of the uh, after Daytona, anyway. I think that was more of just the other teams were on point. I, I think we've seen them be running in the top 10 more or less when these other teams are maybe off a bit or some other uh, wrecks or off schedule strategies start to occur. But uh, I, I just think that's a 
that's something that occurred due to these other teams just being on point all weekend. So rounding out the Xfinity series there, uh, I watched a good chunk of this race. Uh, it didn't keep my attention the whole time. I would have to say where this is probably uh, one of the lower races of the season so far. So if I had to rate the Xfinity race here, I'm going to put it probably right in the middle of uh, like an okay average race, like a five. Yeah, probably. Huh? Maybe maybe I'll go like a 5.9 in honor of Noah Gregson's domination. <laughs> um, it, it was an okay race. You can't have exciting, you know, barn burners every week. Um, pretty solid race. Definitely wouldn't say it's bad. Um, just, uh, you know, one of those ones where somebody gets out front and they just dominate. And there was some action throughout the field. But at the end of the day, I don't think anybody's going to remember this race years from now. We did have a little bit of excitement at the end as well. Brandon Jones put a little bit early, came out ahead of, of Gregson, and it was it was only a handful of laps left when Gregson got back by him. So there definitely was a little bit of uh, intrigue there, but anytime someone leads over half the laps, you're going to kind of expect uh, this kind of thing, especially if they lead half the laps and do end up winning the race. And that's what Gregson did. I, it was It was a fine race. I'd, I'd probably give it about a six and a half. They were able to pass a lot of, honestly, like, I, I do enjoy the long green flag runs, and that wasn't something we had seen yet this year in the Xfinity Series, so it was good to see uh, only three cars DNF, only one of them due to a crash, so it was, uh, it was good to see them keep the cars on the track this weekend. So... There we go. First Xfinity series of the race of the year. That's kind of got that more uh, average normal race type of feel to it where uh, some long green flag runs happen. And congratulations to Noah Gregson coming out on the win there. So moving on to the cup series, we get another new winner, Chase Briscoe coming home with a win. It was a, uh, it was a great race. It was a, uh, in my opinion, there were some good strategy calls that needed to occur here and a lot of different things happening throughout the race. Uh, notably though, only a few leaders throughout the race and mainly them leading like large chunks uh, once they did get out front. So what we saw was it may be hard to pass. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think that speaks more to the track more than anything. Uh, Phoenix is a tough little, little place to get around at times, but you know, Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. I, I still thought it was a pretty solid race. Maybe the worst race of the year in terms of excitement, but I think that just speaks to how good the start of the season's been because I don't think there's anybody sitting here saying that that was a bad race. Um, really awesome to see Trace Briscoe in victory lane. Um, he started out the year, you know, he showed speed, maybe hasn't been able to capitalize every week, but, man, it, just, it was a really good run when he got out front there late in the race. Uh, you know, was battling with Chase Elliott, had to hold off a bunch of other guys, Ross Chastain and Tyler Reddick racing there for the win at the end. Uh, I don't remember the last time I saw that many guys going at it for their first win, but that was pretty cool. Uh, something you don't see very often, obviously, and uh, it, was, it was a pretty good show there at the end of the race. Well, it was the uh, first time since 1969 that the top three finishers in a race going into that race were all winless, and that was the Talladega race that Richard Brickhouse won. Man, throw, going deep there for the stats. <laughs> so, uh, so definitely, uh, it's definitely. I think this car's done everything that it was expected to do. Are you always gonna? Is the fastest car always gonna win? No, but if the fastest car always won, 
that'd be a little bit boring. Not to say that Chase Briscoe didn't have the fastest car. I think at the end of the race, he very likely did. But you don't want, I think, for them to just be able to go up and pass everybody with no issue whatsoever. You want to have to work for it. And in a flat track like this, it's certainly going to be the case. Uh, we're sitting here right now, and it, we're not that far away from a reality where through our four races this year, we have four different first-time winners. Uh, things go a little bit different for Tyler Reddick at Fontana. He can wa easily walk away with that win. Or Suarez. Go, or Suarez, even yeah. at the very end of the race. Or uh, things go a little bit different for Ross Chastain at Vegas. He walks away with that win. So it's really not that far from the reality that we're in now where we do have two first-time winners, two, two more people out of the triple threat list already through four races. Easily, I think, at this point, most of us expect with the consistent speed that Reddick's shown, I think it would be a huge disappointment if he did not win a race this year. Uh, and even with the speed we've seen from Ross Chastain the last two weeks, I think it'd be pretty disappointing if he didn't win. And even Suarez got a top 10 this week, too. I think, I don't, this feels like it could be a 2011-type season for the number of first-time winners that we get. We don't really have that many past those five that, that could really, in all likelihood, get one. Everyone else either is in very inferior equipment or doesn't have one. But I think there are guys that... We haven't seen it a win in a while that we could still see win. I, I, Eric Jones still has had speed, not as much as some of these other teams, but still has had speed every week. Uh, Austin Dillon still has gotten a few top tens, would have had another one this past weekend, if not for his issue. Chris Buescher came back and got a top ten. Uh, so I think it's definitely done everything it was advertised to do. Everyone's competitive. We've seen a lot of different cars at the front, front of, of the races. It's been a very good season so far. Yeah, I think it's definitely been a season of equalizers. Like we said, Ross Chastain having another great race there up towards the front, actually finishing second. Um, then you see teams like Kurt Busch with 23XI running there in top five, which we expected that team to be able to be somewhat competitive this year. And Kurt Busch coming in there is going to really show us what that equipment has in it. But even like Daniel Suarez, as you mentioned, top 10. Uh, the the person I'm looking to see if they'll actually get a win this year and might be in trouble with the way the win uh the way we're getting new winners is Kevin Harvick. Is Kevin Harvick going to get a win in this new next gen car this year? I mean, I I don't know if he's gonna. I know I picked him at the beginning of the year to get a couple, just because I feel like that team was improving. But I I don't think that's somebody that's in trouble in terms of making the playoffs at the very least, if they don't want to race. Um, I know me and Marky were taking a look at the points and just how everybody's run um, so far to start the year. And I think if there is one person, especially out of the people that made the playoffs last year, not excluding say Michael McDowell, because let's be honest, his team, it's that great in comparison to some of the other ones out there. Um, it would be Christopher Bell. Uh, that's somebody where they've shown a couple flashes, but they have not really had the finishes. And it's not that I don't think that they could turn it around. It's just with all these other teams that are running really good right now, you start to question, is that hole too big? Like, he could start busting out decent finishes, but if Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez, people like that keep on running well and even winning races, and you see that playoff cut line get moved up, I don't know if he's going to be able to overcome that without winning a race. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, and you kind of almost get the sense that even Denny Hamlin is starting to get to the point where they're going to have to write the ship quickly. They could always go out and win a race, obviously, he's Denny Hamlin, but 
absent of that, you have to start wondering how, how much of a hole can he put himself in. And Christopher Bell has less of a storied career by far and is also uh, a good chunk of points behind Denny Hamlin. Um, the only person that's uh, full-time in a relatively competitive car that Christopher Bell is ahead of is Harrison Burton, who's also had a disastrous start to the season. Christopher Bell, I, I don't know if this is just bad luck or what, but he has spun in all three of our non-Daytona races this year. So recovered, I recovered like at Vegas, but he still has spun in all three of them. And it's, it's very interesting. I don't know if it's just dumb luck, if it's has something to do with the way he drives the car and these tires or what, but it has happened to him in all three races. And, and a couple of them has basically ended his day. Yeah, I would say, though, like with Christopher Bell, notably when he isn't spun around or trying to recover from instance like that, he has been one of the top running cars for uh, JGR. I, I don't know about it. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. He has shown speed. He had a decent race at Vegas, but maybe I just can't get past the, path, the fact that he's had problems, but yeah, I, mean, I don't I, know. I, he he was he was running good at Vegas, but other than that, even if he was the top running JGR car, like Truex hasn't been running great, but he's sitting thirteenth in points right now. Even if he doesn't get a win, because JGR is clearly lacking something outside of the mile and a half, which we've only had one of, so we don't even know that for sure till we get to another one. But at Fontana, they were clearly, and it's not even just JGR. It really, is the Toyotas? Kurt did come away with a top five this weekend, but he spent less than half the laps in the top fifteen. He took advantage of, of getting the car right at the end of the race. But as the organization, outside of Vegas, Toyota has struggled uh, a lot more than you would expect. So it really does seem like Chevy's kind of has it figured out everywhere. Uh, Ford has it. They had a lot of speed at the Coliseum, had a lot of speed this past weekend at Phoenix, and kind of were a little bit behind at the other two tracks at Fontana and Vegas. And then Toyota had speed at Vegas, but outside of that, it's been very uncharacteristic. Kyle Busch is sitting in second. He's very safe uh, right now. Obviously, it's a long season. Anything can happen, but he feels pretty safe. They've gotten the best out of most of their races. Came back, finished in the top, uh, I believe he got a top 10 this past weekend. Uh, but with Christopher Bell, like he, he's, he had the one race at Vegas that was good. But if like top 10 is what he can put together on these other tracks, like he might very quickly find himself in the hole he can't climb out of. Yeah, I'm just looking at the points. It's it's funny because I think we're all in agreement that Chevy definitely head and shoulders right now, uh, been the best overall so far to start the year. And we have a Ford leading the points in Joey Logano and then Kyle Busch second in points in the Toyota. Uh, Chase Elliott, obviously not far behind, and Kyle Larson would probably be the points leader if he didn't have an engine problem, which in today's day and age, very surprising to see have uh, have happen, actually. Um I just want to point out, like, Logano leading the points. I get it. It's probably because of the stage points, but I think we're all in agreement here that Joey Logano does not seem like through four races somebody that should be leading the points. And it's just kind of the the product of being able to put put together a whole race. Like, everyone else has had troubles here or there. And he's had some, too. But it's just, it's been a very uh, inconsistent start to the season for, at least in terms of finishes. Uh, for everybody, I mean, I think it, I don't think it's crazy to say that Tyler Reddick had among the most speed, uh, if not the most speed, and uh, he's he's sitting back at ninth in points right now. So it's uh, it'll take a couple weeks to get sorted out. I like, and we saw uh, 
Truex, I believe, was uh, second in points going into last week and fell uh, 12 or 11 spots after uh, after this past weekend. Everyone's still real close. In a couple more weeks, I think we'll see things start settle, especially since we have a lot of chaos that could happen here at Atlanta. Uh, I think a couple more weeks we'll think, see things settle, get a better idea of really where everyone shakes out for the season in terms of points. But yeah, Logano definitely putting together the finishes he needs, but certainly his uh, doesn't feel like the car that would be leading the points based on performance so far. Yeah, the person I'm looking to here in the points, and luckily he won't have to worry about where he actually ends up because he got the Daytona 500 win, Austin Cindric. He just, this, we thought Phoenix would be one of his tracks, and notably, he, I think he went a lap down under green flag conditions, uh, just just off pace. Uh, and, you know, looking back here, since Daytona, he's finished 12th, 19th, and 24th. So those are not trending in the uh, right direction for him. I mean, he did run into some issues. I think he got into an incident with Brad at Auto Club, and he spun out at Las Vegas. Um, yesterday, obviously, not his best showing. Uh, maybe just a rookie driver, you know, going through the growing pains and getting to the Cup Series. Um, but he's still been okay. I mean, I, I wouldn't say anything impressive, you know, setting the world on fire type deals since winning the Daytona 500, but Phoenix is probably is worth showing um, a little bit of a surprise. We'll keep an eye on him moving forward over the next couple of weeks, but he didn't do much worse than the former driver of the two car, which I'm, uh, I'm getting a little concerned about. <laughs> um, that was not a good showing from Brad. Um, his teammate, Chris Busher wasn't you know a drastically better than him throughout the race but he was able to claw back and get a top 10 finish at the end so i think there are some question marks with the six team right now but as for Cindric, not too worried they obviously don't need to worry because they did win the daytona 500 it's a long year and uh even if he keeps struggling on the ovals there's some road courses coming up which are probably going to write the ship for him i mean at the end of the day that i wasn't concerned for him the second he won the Daytona 500. I, I think there's still a decent chance with the way this field's shaking up. He's a first round exit. Uh, gonna, gonna, you know, obviously it depends on what happens at some of these more wild card races, but it's going to be a lot of good cars in the playoffs. He was a rookie. I don't think a lot of people expected him to go out and really compete at least anywhere other than road courses uh, right off the bat, where we saw him have some speed in his limited starts last year. Um, but certainly has, has not ran great. But I think outside of Ryan Blaney, uh, Joey Logano hasn't ran great either. Um, and then the uh, SHR cars haven't really throughout the race ran all that great. They get the finishes. Harvick was, was good most of the day this past weekend at Phoenix. They get the finishes, but they definitely are missing something in a lot of the tracks overall, uh, at least from the guys you would normally expect. Obviously, Chase Briscoe had a great car this weekend. Ryan Blaney had a great car this weekend. But this was the kind of track you would also expect Joey Logano to be up near the front, and I don't really remember seeing him up there all that often. Yeah, I mean, I think Logano was pretty pretty invisible throughout the whole race. I, I'm with you. I don't remember him being up there. He did end up getting a top-10 finish. Um, 
also led a couple laps. I'm I'm assuming that must have been on like. I, I, I want to say he did get a, in the front or near the front off of pit strategy at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I don't remember him really having the same speed that the the best cars did. That the Chase Briscoe, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, uh, William Byron had a lot of speed at one point, and then at the end of the race, Reddick and and Chastain as well. I mean, and Harvick, too. I mean, I wouldn't put him in that class, but he was probably just right below them. He was really... It seemed like if there were two or three guys racing for the lead, Harvick was, like, that fourth guy just hanging around. Yeah, he right never, he never quite had the speed to, like, get up there and go fight for the lead, but he was just a little bit off, but uh, was still a, a solid performance. The one thing is, it is Phoenix, one of Har- even if he hasn't won there in a while, still one of his best tracks. So hopefully they can keep this kind of performance up, because... That was among more speed. That's probably more speed than we saw him show in the first three quarters of the season last year. Yeah, where, and like uh, like you said, it was kind Phoenix. Of, it is Phoenix. So that's what I'm yeah. We'll have to wait and wait and see what shakes out. But was well, at least a good sign to see him up there. Uh, Almarola, another guy, didn't get the top ten. Uh, finished twelfth. Like he's when you look at the top sixteen in points right now. Like there are some guys that. You think you know that they are the guys that are most likely to fall out, right? Austin Dillon in sixteenth. Normally, I feel like you'd probably say Ross sitting in fourteenth going into the year. If you told people he was in fourteenth after third races, you'd still probably have an asterisk on him as a potential guy that could fall out. But if he has the speed that he had, really the last three weeks, Fontana gets gets forgotten because he he spun and uh, had some damage, finished lap lap or several laps down. But he was running, if not in the top five, sixth or seventh, right before his spin. So he he's had speed all three weeks. Um, a guy like Kurt Busch, which he's had put together some good finishes, uh, really at all the tracks, and has managed to come back and and get a good finish, even if he wasn't running there most of the race. So if if they can unload with speed, he might be able to go out and get a win. But you also can't. You really certainly don't want to have to count on figuring it out at the track in the middle of the race because that's really what it feels like. I wouldn't be surprised if his uh, finishing position is eight plus points higher than his average running position in most of these races. Uh, and then the other guy that I feel like you look at, you would normally be like, well, maybe he could fall out as Eric Almarola, but if he continues to run 12th and on a, a slightly off day, it's going to be hard to see him get knocked out. And that's really the trouble for the guys like a Denny Hamlin, like a Christopher Bell. Like obviously Denny Hamlin could easily win a race. Christopher Bell, we he's he's had a lot of speed he could win a race, but it it certainly feels like they're getting to that point where they might have to win to really feel secure. Because even if some of these guys they le- uh, leap ahead, so many people have shown speed this year that I don't think you can comfortably count on being outside the top ten and getting in on points. You might not even be able to get in side uh, get in on points inside the top ten this year. Yeah, I mean. That's that's saying a lot, but I mean it's not it's not impossible to think. I think a couple of years ago we had Clint Boyer miss the playoffs, like, and he was eleventh, tenth or eleventh, right there. I mean, after last the year, I'm pretty sure Austin Dillon was twelfth in points before before the playoffs, and he ended up missing it. Was he twelfth? I don't remember being that high. He wasn't that far behind Reddick. Yeah, I, thought, I don't know twelfth. He was around there. I think you're right. He was definitely in the top fifteen. I do know that. Um, I can't remember if he was twelfth or not, but that that is true. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility to to think somebody that high in points could possibly miss, depending on what happens. I, I'm just going through it here. I mean, I think 
out of all the people that are out right now, just in terms of pointing their way in, with the speed they've shown, uh, Denny's 13th, obviously the, the one who's 13th. I know he's around there. Um, Denny, Denny's the guy right now who I'm, I'm not like, you know, he's getting there, but I think he can make that stuff up, you know, the points up. But just, just looking at it, like you point out, Ross Chastain, he has shown tremendous speed so far this year. And if Eric Amarola's bad days is going to be 12th, I don't see him falling out. And that leads me to think, like, the one guy that I'd be like, ooh, he, he could possibly fall out is Austin Dillon. And he I, has not run bad. I would throw Kurt Busch in there, too. They can't keep relying on being able to get the car right halfway through the race. Uh, he's he's obviously in a fairly safe position now. He's an incredibly talented driver, but they've just been so off to start every race so far that I don't think they could reliably count on that continuing to work out for them. If they get that fixed, I think he'll be fine. But they've 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 unloaded very very off compared to where they get it at the end of the race. Uh, but I agree with Austin Dillon. Like he hasn't been bad. He lost. Something like 13 points on the last lap because Daniel Suarez tried to throw a, a late block there on uh, Kyle Busch, a good aggressive block, and couldn't keep it down. And unfortunately for Austin, he got collected in that. Uh, but you just can't. Re- and even there's a couple guys behind him that have, have uh, uh, shown some speed. Uh, Brad, if they get it right, he's a championship driver. You could always expect him to run up there, but someone like Eric Jones has had speed. Daniel Suarez's teammate has been competing for the last two wins, and then he himself almost won at Fontana and got a top 10 this weekend. So, yeah, I, I think the point is that I'm trying to make is like, you, you might want to hit the panic button if you're Christopher Bell right now. Well, because, Christopher yeah. Bell is definitely, <laughs> they know where the button is. They they know where it is. The I mean, right now you look at it, the gap is already 39 points, which you can or actually hold on. It is 43. Yeah, Oof, yeah that's not good. 43 points, um, which is only 11 more than he's scored in the season so far. Uh, they can dig out of it. The problem, but. There's, and they have to. There has to be people who are slow enough that they pass is the problem. And in a lot of other years, I would have said, you know, if they get the ship right and he can dig out of that, he'll be fine. I think it is worthy to remember too. Uh, you expect him to run better than he did last year because this isn't his uh, his first year. But he uh, he was uh, down in, I believe, like fifteenth. Uh, 15th in points or so before the the reset. It kind of gets forgotten because he won so early on that he wasn't really like in that playoff picture uh, because he was already secure. But he had he had fallen down to I believe 14th or 15th in points uh, before the reset last year. So it's not like he's a guy who you normally would expect to run up there and uh, finish in the top 10 every week. So. It, not only do they have to turn it around, but they, even like their performance from last year outside of the win wouldn't be enough this year, I think, to recover from this deficit they're already in. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Especially like you said, like we we only have like one or two guys right now that we can pinpoint that are possible candidates to fall out, and you're gonna have to jump them. You're gonna have to jump your teammate Denny Hamlin, and then like you said, I mean, you got guys Brad Keselowski. If they could turn it around, he's a championship caliber driver. Eric Jones has shown pretty good speed this year. 
Um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has shown flashes. That team's always good for one good race. Hopefully for them, it wasn't like California. But there are some guys that are already ahead of Christopher Bell. Where if there's only one or two people that you think might fall out, there's probably three to five candidates in front of him that he would have to jump. And I, it's it's not looking good. We're only four races in the year. But if you're a Christopher Bell fan, um, I'd be getting a little worried right now. Not to mention two tracks that we literally know anyone can win at in Daytona and Talladega. Mm-hmm. And then Atlanta, which could potentially be on that list too. We'll have a better idea after this weekend. But if even just two of your more wild card winners, right? A Michael McDowell, uh, the uh, Stenhouse, the Justin Haley, who was very good at plate tracks in the Xfinity series, even like a Harrison Burton, honestly. He had, uh, he had I mean, a piece at Daytona. Like, it wouldn't shock me if they he had a piece at Daytona. The Ford has a pretty good plate program. Like they definitely are in a position. Todd Gillen's uh, shown a little bit, little bit of speed here and there. Hey, he's running pretty the good at track, Phoenix. Yeah. Running pretty decent at Phoenix, and on the plate track again, like that team already has two plate wins in their history. Yep. So you certainly got to get going. You absolutely have to get going. You can't have any more weeks like this uh, before you really, really get yourself in trouble. Tyler Reddick last year notoriously started off terrible. Recovered to make the playoffs, but it wasn't like he made the playoffs super comfortably. The the, the final uh, final yeah, spread, I don't remember what it was, but it was even bigger than it actually would have been. Austin Dillon rect- effectively going for broke trying to win the race. So even with how well he uh, he had recovered, and Austin Dillon had a very, very terrible August and September, or late July and August, I guess. Uh, Tyler Reddick still was pretty close to missing it. And uh, he really came on strong at the end. So Christopher Bell definitely uh, running out of rope here. So a lot of conversation about Christopher Bell there. And it's a good segue right into the Bernie bets for Phoenix, starting out with one of our featured matchups, which was Bowman versus Bell. Bowman notably coming out on top there. Brandon, the only one getting it right. Uh, this is one I think had Bell not spun and continued his momentum, he definitely would have won uh, over Bowman. We were close to each other, I feel like, all day. Like we said, a lot of people have pegged Bowman as being pretty good here, but he clearly, outside of that 20, um, 2016 race, they've clearly not, he's never had that same speed again. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that's the one where, like, I got right, but you kind of feel dirty about getting it right. It wasn't, it wasn't like a sure thing all day. Bowman maybe flashed some top 10 speed during the race. Really wasn't overly impressive. But at the end of the day, he didn't run into problems, and he was able to get it done. Going on to our second matchup of the week was Eric Amarola against Ross Chastain. Chastain had a wonderful performance there, and... Just it didn't seem like Armorola had a chance in that matchup all day. I mean, I said it a lot when we we're talking about Chastain earlier in the week, and this will be true going forward too. It's really hard to put any stock in the past performance uh, with him, especially past last year. Past last year, other than the few races in the six, any rate any start he had was in F tier equipment. But even last year, Ganassi didn't have the speed that that uh, Trackhouse has so far. I mean. Ross Chastain has basically had his best two races back-to-back out of the first four races with, with Trackhouse. And Amarola had some decent speed, was running in the top ten a lot, but just Chastain 
really strong. A bit of a wild card. I don't think really any of us expected him to have this kind of performance here. But it just goes to show that really for especially these guys who are younger in their careers in uh, quality rides in the Cup Series kind of just have to throw out what they've been able to do in the past. Yeah, I think with Ross, like he's <sighs> Trackhouse is really unknown coming in the year. You didn't know what you were going to get with them acquiring all the assets from Ganassi, moving into their shop and stuff. But the whole team's looked really, really freaking good so far to start the year. Um, if he keeps it up, you know, they're probably going to start moving him up in these matchups against, you know, high rated drivers and stuff like that. And probably going to see his salary start moving up too in the daily fantasy. But, you know, all in all, he just, he had another potential race winning car under him today and, uh, they're on Sunday. And, uh, you know, good good run for him. That's all I got to say about that. Our third matchup of the weekend, and we all got this one wrong due to some error, uh, some difficulties. Hamlin against Truex. Uh, if to me, this looked like Truex was going to win. Uh, it was close for parts of the day, but I, I think he had it locked. Uh, and unfortunately, just in the end, didn't work out for him. It was close, but the problem is where on the track that we they were racing for position being close. I think a lot of people expected them to be close, but far closer to the front than they ended up being. Trix was my pick to win, and this is this was a bad performance for JGR. The kind of track that they really dominated at, really ran well at. This was a very very bad performance. Um, but Trix did have an issue that ultimately did uh, give this matchup to Hamlin. Yeah, I mean, Truex, I think he was really, he was a top 10 car, I felt like, like 8th to 10th, so it wasn't like you showing top 5 speed, but there was a lot of that race where Denny Hamlin was probably mired between like 15th and 20th, uh, Truex definitely would have had that on lock, in my opinion, um, had he not had the tire issue that ultimately ended his day, uh, like you said, I, I JGR across the board, uh, I know they showed speed at Vegas, but not uh, what we were expecting out of them this week at Phoenix. Um, I think Kyle ultimately clawed back for a top 10 at the end of the race. Truex showed top 10 speed, um, but Bell had issues. Hamlin just wasn't really himself. Um, just not a good performance all around for that team. And uh, unfortunately for Truex, even though it wasn't a great day, probably would have been only a top 10 at best. Uh, that tire issue did him in and he didn't even get that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a huge testament to Kyle Busch and the talent he has that he is sitting, sitting, sitting second in points when you compare that to how the rest of his team has been running. So the final matchup of the weekend, and we all chose Harvick. I don't think it's a surprise he came on top. It was Harvick versus Kozlowski. In that equipment of Kozlowski this year and just the performance he's showing, uh, this was a no-brainer, especially with Harvick's previous... Uh, Previous finishes at Phoenix, just being able to dominate for a few years there. And, of course, probably did the best he could in that SHR equipment this week. Just a real bad performance from Brad. (laughs) I mean, Harvard ran good. It was the best we've seen him this year. But this, this one wasn't even close just because Brad... To say they didn't have speed is kind of an understatement. Like, they was out to lunch. Like, Brad's the kind of driver, much like Denny, where before this you would expect a bad day to be running 
15th. And obviously you expect it to take a step back with this team. Um, but the long season, we'll see what what they can get go, get going. Uh, but this certainly was a concerning performance for them. Yeah, I, you know, I, I predicted Brad to make the playoffs this year, but I, it was also by winning Atlanta. So we'll see how he could do coming into this race here in a couple of days. Um, I'm with you. Pretty concerning. If Busher was back there with them, I'd probably be less concerned. You could just chalk that up to a team issue. But at the end of the day, Busher, while not amazing throughout the race, he, he did claw his way into a 10th place finish. Um, just not good for Brad. Not not a good day. Phoenix is a track that, you know, he's run really well at in the past. Um, probably could have won this race and the championship in 2020 if it wasn't for a bad pit stop. It's somewhere where I would expect him to be running near the front. And he was, like you said, out to lunch all day on Sunday. Uh, Harvick, you know, winning this. I, I thought Harvick would win it. It is Phoenix. Um, I don't think we've mentioned it. Did tie the NASCAR record for most consecutive top tens at a track, tying Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty with 18, respectively. So very impressive there. Um, shows how good he is there. I think we all thought Harvick was going to win this matchup, but just how much he won it by is the surprising thing. Harvick looked like, you know, he was just a, a skosh below the guys that could be contending for the win. You know, he was he was right there. Top five speed, ultimately finished sixth. Uh, Brad was nowhere close to that. Uh, just not a good day for his uh, his team. Yeah, I mean, Harvick's average position in the race was uh, six. Brad's average running position was 25th. Yeah, that says it all right there. For for a car that's not damaged, if you told me this was the worst race Brad's ran since his rookie year, I would easily believe it. So with that, uh, just to point out, Bernie only getting the Harvick-Kozlowski battle right uh, would have been right on Truex had Truex not had the issues, would have been right on Bell had Bell not had the issues. Um Amarola Chastain, uh, like we've said, Chastain's past numbers still working themselves out as we uh, are working our way through the front end of the season here. However, the overall race score for Bernie this week was 74%. Um, so just a little bit there uh, trending sideways as we're getting into the fourth race of the season here. But going ahead and running the numbers, if we remove Truex and Larson to some of their unpredictable uh, uh, issues, we immediately jump up to uh, 78%. So to have Xfinity 79% and Cup 78%, if we remove some of those uh, unexpected troubles, I think we're definitely starting to trend in the right direction here with, uh, with the numbers. I think 78% is fine. In a race where the top five consisted of Chase Briscoe, Ross Chastain, and Tyler Reddick. <laughs> going into the year, no kind of model is going to predict your top three even to be that. Uh, even some other guys that you wouldn't normally have predicted to be on the top ten, being like Daniel Suarez and Chris Buescher, uh, still putting together good races. And I think we'll see these numbers converge, get closer to the numbers we want to see. Uh, maybe not this weekend in Atlanta. We really... Honestly, I have no idea what's going to happen here. It could be a pretty chaotic race. It could be a super tame race. We'll we'll find out. But uh, I think we're definitely trending in the right direction. Yeah, trending in the right direction for it to all go downhill next week. 
I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this Atlanta race. Um, it, it's probably going to shake up Bernie's numbers because we we don't know what we're going to get. But yeah, we we, we can throw the numbers out for you know a week, I guess. There, huh? that's that's not something where Bernie can come back and it could be a uh, sixty-seven uh, percent, and you know it is what it is. Essentially, a new racetrack next week, but for the, you know this weekend, um, you know, pretty solid. I would have liked to get that 80 for the Xfinity race. There's something about getting that 80, you know, there's a big difference. Like when you're in school and you get like a B minus and a C plus. I feel like a lot of us would probably get grounded if we showed up back at home with a C plus, but you know, still solid weekend. Um, and uh, we're you know, excited to see what next weekend brings, even though I don't think it's going to be that good of numbers, just given what we're getting ourselves into. So, Phoenix definitely not the most exciting race of the season so far. It had stiff competition, if we're honest, with Auto Club and Las Vegas. Uh, I think if you showed somebody this race at the beginning of the year and told them that this would easily be the least exciting of the four races into the season, I don't think they'd have believed you. We had some crazy restarts at the end. Seven wide. Uh, seven wide, like... <laughs> And it was clearly the least exciting overall race and finish of the season. And I think that's just a testament to how good this, this season's been so far. You went through four races of the year. If you told me this was the least exciting race, it's a pretty damn good year. And that's what we've gotten so far. So love where the next gen cars go in. Uh, hopefully it'll just keep improving. But this is this has been one of the strongest starts probably in the last 10 years or so of the sport. And I'm, I love it. And it's really, great. really, even outside of the car, really in all three series, 10 races. 10 winners, 13 and 13, if you count the exhibition races and mm-hmm. going into what is supposed to be a, a plate, a plate type track, uh, we might just leave this weekend 16 and 16. So with that, where do you guys put this race on your rating scale? Man, I, I think it's like a seven, like well, it was still good. I think it wasn't seven great, and a half. It was good. Yeah, you, you yeah. still had no one outside of like Blaney's first run. No one, and like, and I think uh, the end of the stage where uh, Byron got out ahead of, of uh, Logano and kind of gapped everyone with Logano on older tires. But outside of the first stage, really, no one gapped. The leader didn't really gap anybody that much. And usually, even if they did, that second place guy would slowly reel them in. Uh, when Briscoe and Elliot were at the front, they were both within like a second and a half of each other almost the whole time. Uh, so it's still a good race. Uh, I'd give it probably a seven and a half just because I feel like you have to just keep it a step below what the other races were. But I, I, what's funny is I think if, if you just saw this race before the season and asked me to rate it, it probably would be at least an eight. Yeah, we're with this. We, yeah, where where the season is trending, I would definitely stay. It's a, a solid seven for me. I there were parts of the races that were uh, a little bit of a lull and I could say maybe I was snoozing off or losing attention, but overall uh, the end of the stages, especially Chase Elliott, uh, usually gaining towards the end, kept it interesting at times. And then towards the end there, everything was just exciting. You really couldn't turn away from it without missing something important. So uh, a solid seven and definitely like you guys were saying a great start to the season. Indeed. I mean, We've had uh, all kinds of people near the front and very little of the guys you would normally expect to be at the front 
at the front. They, they, most of them have been at the front at one point or another, but not for very long, and there's always been stiff competition. So I think, like, through the first four races, at least on the cup side, like, Kyle Larson's probably the only one that you'd be like, yeah, he's, you know, through four races, like, yeah, I could see Kyle Larson getting to win. It's funny with Bowman at Vegas, because, like, he's run good at Vegas in the past and has kind of had bad things happen to him, but I wouldn't, like, bet on him, even though I did. I, I wouldn't have bet on him, but I think if you said that, <laughs> if you said that, hey, Bowman and Larson both have a win through four races of the season, I don't think that would be anything that surprising. The other two guys, but I, I don't, uh, I don't think Lar- I don't think Bowman's all that surprising either. But I, uh, he's but that really is the only race that he's been like. I mean, I guess he was at the front at Vegas because of the the restart. But before that, like he wasn't going to fire for that win. That was going to be Kyle and Truex. And then this weekend, he had a top five, right around top five car before his issues, but didn't have a a race winning car. So definitely a lot of parity this season. A lot of parity indeed. So this next weekend, we're heading into the newly paved track of Atlanta. All three series are going to be hitting the track. We expect it to be a wild ride, and we'll see if Atlanta is truly a super speedway like they claim it is. This has been the Bernie Luke's podcast. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Just hit that follow button so you know the next time an episode comes out. Have a good one.